morning, good afternoon, good evening, hello, wherever and whenever you are, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Stories of Your and Yours. My name is Sean Ennis, and today you're about to get a small taste of what you can expect in just a few short days. Stay tuned to see what that's all about. At the time of this reading, which is May 19th of 2020, we are just 11 days away from this year's live stream for The Cure. And before I get into the details of what I'm doing and what you can win during my segment, here are the epic film guys to tell us more about that great event. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. We are the Epic Film Guys. We want to let you know that the fourth annual live stream for The Cure is only a couple weeks away. Every single dollar raised goes to the Cancer Research Institute to help us fight for a future immune to cancer. And once again, donations will be doubled. Join us May 27th through the 31st for 48 hours of content from creators around the world. Please help us spread the word so we can smash our goal of $10,000. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com to make an early donation and to learn more about the event. Together, we can make a difference. Well, I am still in the midst of recording the back half of Season 3, but you won't have to wait much longer for some brand new content. Next Saturday night, that's May 30th, 2020, at 10 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, I will be participating in the fourth annual live stream for The Cure. And what exactly does that mean for this particular podcast? Well, I'll be doing a live read of at least two short stories that I've never done before. And I'm working on getting permission from Neil Gaiman to do Click Clack the Rattle Bag. But if that doesn't go through, I've got a story called Gabriel Ernest by Saki, plus one from Edgar Allan Poe, of course, called The Black Cat. Now, you knew I was going to go spooky on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock. And both of those fit that bill. And if I have time after those two stories, and hopefully click like the rattlebag, I may just have a third one in mind that I think you'll quite enjoy. Now that's what's happening on the content side of things. But I've also got more news. Now I'll preface this by saying I know that it's a difficult time financially right now for a lot of people. So if you're not in a position to donate during the live stream, please don't let that stop you from attending. Because if you're listening right now, I really do think you're going to enjoy the segment and you'll probably like a lot of what the Epic Film guys have planned. And for everyone who shows up and is able to donate to the Cancer Research Institute during my segment, I will send you all of the stories of your and yours merchandise that I have. That means the laptop sticker, the magnet, and the bookmark will all go to anyone who donates. And you'll be automatically entered into a drawing to win the new Stephen King novella collection, If It Bleeds. But in order to qualify, you've got to tune in to twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday night, May 30th. If you miss it, it just may be gone forever. They've been able to save segments in the past, but it's not a sure thing, which leads me to today's story. Last year, when I did the live stream, I read The Boarded Window by Ambrose Bierce and The Diary of a Madman by Guy de Maupassant. Now, unfortunately, that segment was not able to be saved, but what I'm doing today is I'm going to record the Diary of a Madman, much the same way I did during last year's segment, and that is in one take. Now, this may not sound like a big deal, but I will tell you that I have never come close to doing such a thing before here on the show. I'm going to attempt it now so you can get a bit of a taste of what a live stream is like, though you'll also have a video component if you tune in next Saturday and you'll get to see me looking like a crazy person with my quarantine beard that hasn't been trimmed in going on three months. But enough of my rambling. 
let's get right into the story. Please enjoy this week's feature presentation, never attempted before here on this show, The Diary of a Madman, in just one take. Diary of a Madman by Guy de Maupassant. He was dead. The head of a high tribunal, the upright magistrate whose irreproachable life was a proverb in all the courts of France. Advocates, young counselors, judges had greeted him at the sight of his large, thin, pale face lighted up by two sparkling, deep-set eyes, bowing low in token of respect. He had passed his life in pursuing crime and in protecting the weak. Swindlers and murderers had no more redoubtable enemy, for he seemed to read the most secret thoughts of their minds. He was dead now at the age of eighty-two, honored by the homage and followed by the regrets of a whole people. Soldiers in red trousers had escorted him to the tomb, and men in white cravats had spoken words and shed tears that seemed to be sincere beside his grave. But here is the strange paper found by the dismayed notary in the desk where he had kept the records of great criminals. It was entitled, Why? 20th June, 1851 I have just left court. I have condemned Blondel to death. Now, why did this man kill his five children? Frequently, one meets with people to whom the destruction of life is a pleasure— Yes, yes, it should be a pleasure, the greatest of all, perhaps, for is not killing the next thing to creating, to make, and to destroy. These two words contain the history of the universe, all the history of worlds, all it is, all. Why is it not intoxicating to kill? To think that there is a being there who lives, who walks, who runs. A being? What is a, what is a being? the animated thing that bears in it the principle of motion and the will ruling that motion. It is attached to nothing, this thing. Its feet do not belong to the ground. It is a grain of life that moves on the earth, and this grain of life, coming I know not whence, one can destroy at one's will. Then nothing, nothing more. It perishes. It is finished. 26th of June Why, then, is it a crime to kill? Yes, why? On the contrary, it is a law of nature. The mission of every being is to kill. He lives to kill, and he kills to kill. The beast kills without ceasing all day, every instant of his existence. Man kills without ceasing to nourish himself. But since he needs, besides, to kill for pleasure, he has invented hunting. The, the child kills the insects he finds, the little birds, all the little animals that come in the way, but this does not suffice for the irresistible need to massacre that is in us. It is not enough to kill beasts. We must kill man, too. Long ago, this need was satisfied by human sacrifices. Now, the requirements of social life have made murder a crime. We condemn and punish the assassin. But as we cannot live without yielding to this natural and imperious instinct of death, we relieve ourselves from time to time by wars. Then a whole nation slaughters another nation. It is a feast of blood, a feast that maddens armies and that intoxicates civilians, women, children who read by lamplight at night the feverish story of massacre. <laughs> One might suppose that those destined to accomplish these butcheries of men would be despised, 
No, they are loaded with honors. They are clad in gold and in resplendent garments. They wear plumes on their heads and ornaments on their breasts. And they are given crosses, rewards, titles of every kind. They are proud, respected, loved by women, cheered by the crowd, solely because their mission is to shed human blood. They drag through the streets their instruments of death that the passerby clad in black looks on with envy. For to kill is the great law set by nature in the heart of existence. There is nothing more beautiful and honorable than killing. 30th of June To kill is the law, because nature loves eternal youth. She seems to cry in all her unconscious acts, Quick, quick, quick! The more she destroys, the more she renews herself. 2nd of July A human being. What is a human being? Through thought, it is a reflection of all that is. Through memory and science, it is an abridged edition of the universe whose history it represents, a mirror of things and of nations. Each human being becomes a microcosm in the macrocosm. 3rd of July it must be a pleasure, unique and full of zest, to kill, to have there before one the living, thinking being, to make therein a little hole, nothing but a little hole, to see that red thing flow which is the blood which makes life, and to have before one only a heap of limp flesh, cold, inert, void of thought. 5th of August I, who have passed my life in judging, condemning, killing by the spoken word, killing by the guillotine, those who had killed by the knife, I, I, if I should do as all the assassins have done, whom I have smitten, I, I, who would know it? 10th of August. Who would ever know? Who would ever suspect me, 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 especially if I should choose a being I had no interest in doing away with? 15th of August. The temptation has come to me. It pervades my whole being. My hands tremble with the desire to kill. 22nd August I could resist no longer. <laughs> I killed the little creature as an experiment for a beginning. Jean, my servant, had a goldfinch in a, huge, in a, in a, in a cage hung in the office window. I sent him on an errand, and I took the little bird in my hand, in my hand, where I felt its heart beat. It was warm. I went up to my room. From time to time, I squeezed it tighter. Its heart beat faster. This was atrocious and delicious. I was near choking it, but I could not see the blood. Then I took scissors, short nail scissors, and I cut its throat with three little slits, quite gently. It opened its bill, and it struggled to escape me, but I held it. Oh, I held it. I could have held a mad dog. And I saw the blood trickle. And then I did as assassins do, real ones. I washed the scissors, I washed my hands, I sprinkled water, and took the body, the corpse, to the garden to hide it. I buried it under a strawberry plant. It will never be found. Every day <laughs> I shall eat a strawberry from that plant. How one can enjoy life when one knows how. My servant cried. He thought this bird flown. How could he suspect me? <laughs> 25th August. I must kill a man. I must. 30th of August. It is done. <laughs> but what a little thing. I had gone for a walk in the forest of Vern. 
and I was thinking of nothing, literally nothing. A child was in the road, a little child eating a slice of bread and butter. He stops to see me pass and says, Good day, Mr. President. And the thought enters my head. Shall I kill him? I answer, You are alone, my boy? Yes, sir. All alone in the wood? Yes, sir. The wish to kill him intoxicated me like, like wine. I approached him quite softly, persuaded that he was going to run away, and suddenly I seized him by the throat. He looked at me with terror in his eyes, such eyes. He held my wrists in his little hands, and his body writhed like a feather over the fire. And then he moved no more. I threw the body in the ditch and some weeds on top of it. I returned home and dined well. What a little thing it was. In the evening I was very gay, light, rejuvenated. I passed the evening at the prefect's. They found me witty. <laughs> but I have not seen the blood. I am tranquil. 31st of August. The body has been discovered. <laughs> they are hunting for the assassin. <laughs> 1st of September. Two tramps have been arrested. Proofs are lacking. 2nd of September. The parents have been to see me. They wept. <laughs> 6th of October. Nothing has been discovered. Some strolling vagabond must have done the deed. Ah, if I had seen the blood flow, it seems to me I should be tranquil now. The desire to kill is in my blood. It is like the passion of youth at twenty. 20th October. Yet another. I was walking by the river after breakfast that I saw under a willow a fisherman asleep. It was noon. A spade was standing in a potato field nearby, as if expressly for me. I took it. I returned. I raised it like a club, and with one blow of the edge I cleft the fisherman's head. Oh, he bled, this one. Rose-colored blood, and it flowed into the water, quite gently. And I went away with a grave step. If I had been seen, oh, I should have made an excellent assassin. 25th of October. The affair of the fisherman makes a great stir. His nephew, who fished with him, is charged with the murder. 26th of October. The examining magistrate affirms that the nephew is guilty. <laughs> Everyone in town believes it. <laughs> 27th of October. The nephew makes a very poor witness. He had gone to the village to buy bread and cheese, he declared. He swore that his uncle had been killed in his absence. Who would believe him? 28th of October. The nephew has all but confessed. They have badgered him so. Ah, <laughs> justice. 15th of November. There are overwhelming proofs against the nephew, who was his uncle's heir. I shall preside at the sessions. 25th of January. To death. To death, to death, I have had him condemned to death. <laughs> the advocate general spoke it like an angel. <laughs> Yet another. I shall go see him executed. 10th of March. It is done. They guillotined him this morning. He died very well, very well. It gave me pleasure. How fine it is to see a man's head cut off. I, now I shall wait. I can wait. It would take such a little thing to let myself be caught. The manuscript contained yet other pages, but without relating any new crime. 
Alienist physicians to whom the awful story has been submitted declare that there are in the world many undiscovered madmen as adroit and as much to be feared as this monstrous lunatic. I hope you've enjoyed this special up bonus episode of Stories of Your and Yours. I think that story turned out quite well, and I wanted to do this so that you can see if you're doubtful about tuning into a live read. It's going to sound very similar to what I do here on the show, with the difference being that you'll also be able to see me during the story, though I don't claim that to be any big privilege. And by the way, the intro to this episode was also done all in one take, and this outro is being done in just one take. That's a total of two cuts in one episode. Now ask any podcaster with pre-produced content how often they do an episode with two cuts, and they will laugh at you. In fact, I will also laugh at you for most of my episodes. But I'm getting my reps in to give you a good show next Saturday night. Once again, that is Saturday, May 30th, 10 o'clock p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. At least two short stories, prizes for everyone who donates, and one of you will win a copy of Stephen King's new collection of four novellas. I hope to hear from you. Even if you can't donate, please do stop by and see the show. Until then, this has been Stories of You and Yours. I've been Sean Ennis. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. If you've got a request for a short story, or if you've written your own short story that you want to submit to the show, you can do that through any of the social media channels, or you can email me at syypodcast at gmail.com. Network.